Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Hello and welcome back to our little woman den. Today's comment shout out goes to Skirmish of Wit and Lit who says, I suppose you could argue that Larry growing up wealthy is partly what contributed to him not valuing work. He never had to worry about not having things or not being able to afford what he wanted. In that regard, his exposure to the Marches and the Marchisters in particular was fortuitous because they helped to enlighten him. Larry is definitely not stupid. He is just more or less indifferent to academia. Not everyone is. And I like that Alcott sort of points that out with his character. Meanwhile, Joe lost after learning. She feels like she can never know enough. I have spoken about this before, but erasing Larry's growth as a character erases everyone else's growth as well. And if you do that, there is no story. Putting two female characters against one another is a very common Hollywood trope. Interestingly, it is often brunette versus the blonde. Think about Marilyn Monroe and Jane Russell in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Elle Woods and Vivian Kensington in Legally Blonde. Legally Blonde, I must say, is refreshing because it subverts the plot. But I think Warner Huntington the Dirt summed up the problem when saying that he wanted Jackie and not Marilyn. People often praise Joe for being a tomboy and how she is rejecting femininity. But Joe's idealization of the masculine has very toxic elements. Amy is a character who is more governed by her brain whereas Joe is in fact governed by her emotions, which is considered a feminine trait. In the novel, Joe struggles to show her feelings because she thinks that it's weakness. And, quote, feminine, when father is wounded at the war, she tells her sisters not to cry or show emotion. Couple years later, Laurie says that she doesn't show emotions and calls her out about it, because Joe tries to shut down an important human part of herself Simply because she considers it too feminine, it actually becomes something that slowly eats her inside and contributes into her loneliness. This is why the Umbrella chapter is so important, because Friedrich says to Joe that it is okay to be vulnerable. Amy does the opposite. She considers rational marriage with Fred Vaughn because it allows her to secure her family's financial future. When Laurie reminds Amy that she is her mother's daughter and she simultaneously inspires Larry to become a productive member of the society. Amy allows herself to listen to her heart and her own feelings and allowing herself to become more open, and it is this inner work that the couples do in Little Woman that makes these relationships work. Unfortunately, the adaptations rarely pay any attention to this. There are people who have not read the novel, have only seen the films, and they don't understand why the couples end up together. This is because the adaptations never bother to show what actually happens between these people in the novel. Another quote from Skirmish, Wit and Lit. Maybe Louisa was more of a romantic than people sometimes give her credit for. After reading about Louisa's relationships 
between real life Friedrichs and Loris, I'd say she definitely was. Luisa was a transcendentalist, and one of the methods that the transcendentalist used was so-called self-scanning, which basically means trying to understand and analyze the feelings and the experiences that you are going through. Luisa practiced this throughout her life, and she put lots of consideration to the true meaning of love. When Luisa grew up, most marriages that she saw were unhappy marriages, because they were arranged marriages. Luisa herself answers this question about the equality within marriage rather beautifully, and her own wishes from marriages seem to have remained the same throughout her life. This is a quote from one of the early Luisa May Alcott stories from the time when she was in her 20s. You have given your idol a heart, but no head. I would have her humble, though self-reliant, gentle, though strong, man's companion, not his plating, and willing to face storms as well as sunshines, and share life's burdens as they come. Let me advise you to take head as a pilot, for you may find, as I have done, that the voyage of life is not quite a pleasant trip. I would not be above you as I am now. Not yet beloved, like poor Amelia in the garden, but here, where every woman should be, at her husband's side, walking together through life's light and shadow. Here she is actually echoing both Amy and Joe. In the matters of the heart, one should combine both head and the feelings. This episode is sponsored by Audible. I am currently reading the biography of Charles Follen. This is a book that Louisa May Alcott read at the age of 12. Get this, it is a story about Eliza, who was an American female writer, and Charles, who was a German immigrant, a philosopher, and an abolitionist. Here we have prototypes of Joe and Friedrich, and it even gets better. Charles's full name was Karl Theodor Christian Friedrich Follen. His names were Theodor and Friedrich. That's insane. Charles was a good friend of Louis's uncle, Samuel May, and Louis actually met him a few years before this book was published, and he seemed to have left quite a big impression on her. I have said this before, but Joe is not only based on Louisa, but also ladies she admired, like Eliza Follen, who indeed married a kind-hearted German immigrant. I will make an episode about Eliza and Charles in the future. You can get 30-day free trial on Audible and listen and read as many books as your heart desires, with the affiliate link you can find from the description. This is Small Umbrella in the Rain, Little Woman Podcast, all about Amy. Louisa loosely based Amy's character to her younger sister, May. Louisa was more boyish and May was more feminine and like Amy, she slept with a clothes peg in her nose when she was 12. Unlike Amy, who in the book comes to the conclusion that she does not have the genius, May embodied genius. She was a professional artist and her paintings were exhibited in Paris Salon, and she even wrote and published a book for young female art students called Studying Art Abroad and How to Do It Cheaply. When Louis and May were young, there was a great deal of rivalry between them. Both were very impulsive and temperamental, and both loved attention. Louis often called May as the baby of the family, since she was the youngest and often got her way which annoyed young Louisa. Amy in the novel is shorter than Joe. 
She has a button nose and heart-shaped face. May and Louisa looked more similar. They were tall and handsome women, with the exception that May was blonde and a lot more feminine. Louisa had dark brown hair, gray eyes. She spent a lot of time outside, and she was often quite tanned, which was not considered very attractive in the 19th century, and she had a high temper. Knowing this, it is easy to understand why she would envy May. Kerr's father, Bronson Alcott, he believed to the idea of an ideal man, and that this ideal person would have a blonde hair, blue eyes, and angelic nature. Bronson was also an abolitionist. He was an active member in the Underground Railway, and the Alcotts hid black slaves in their home. And he lost his teaching position because he took a black child to his school, which also happens in Little Woman. Now you'll ask, isn't that contradicting? And it absolutely is. For example, Emerson was often vague with his stance on the topic, whereas Henry Thoreau was very active in the abolitionist movement, which you can also see in Little Woman. When Joe and Friedrich take black children to their school, and Friedrich is largely based on Henry. Same way as Joe and Amy in the books, Louisa and May did become closer when they matured and learned to control their tempers. They even made trips to Europe together. There is a great deal of Louisa herself in Amy's character, and this might surprise some people. There were times when Louisa did consider marrying for money instead of love, until her mother persuaded her otherwise. In Little Woman, it is actually Amy who says that, I have learned to sail my own ship and I am not afraid of storms. The trip that Amy takes with Aunt March in Europe is actually based on Louisa's own experiences in Europe. It is very sad and ironic that there are people who say that, oh, Amy stole Joe's trip, when the trip was actually based on Louisa's own trip. Louisa had lots of insecurities about her looks and she often compared herself to her sisters, May especially. When Little Woman became very popular and fans started to visit Louisa's home, they were often disappointed when they saw her because for some reason they imagined Joe to be very pretty and young. Imagine your fans coming to meet you and be disappointed when they saw you. Louisa was very tall. She was taller than most men. According to her niece Lulu, Louisa always had sort of a masculine air around her. She was not very graceful and that she had a very low voice like a man's. In the end of her life, Louisa was very ill due to mercury poisoning, so it is very likely that the illness also affected to her appearance. Amy in the novel is written to be someone who is a very visual person. She likes to make things pretty around her. Jo is written to be the opposite, someone who doesn't care that much about looks or appearance, at least not in the beginning of the novel. Lowering the book is written to be pretty, but the way he is treating Jo is far from pretty. Friedrich is written to be unconventionally attractive. He loves her. Henry Thoreau, in fact, he occasionally criticized very feminine ladies. But lots of Henry's critical views uh, were created by consumerism and his critical thinking about capitalism. What he really was criticizing was women who spent a lot of time and money for their appearance. It is easy to see why Louis had feelings for him. In Little Woman, Joe is horrified with the ideas that she should go to a ball or go for social calls because they require her being more feminine. Friedrich is written to be unconventionally attractive because Joe is unconventionally attractive. Being beautified by love is a big part of their romance. 
Senwei Lowry is written to be conventionally attractive because that way he appears to Amy's sense of beauty. What often happens in little woman films is that the filmmakers gush how pretty Laurie is and then they explain to her rejecting Laurie by saying that Joe must be gay or ace because it is so difficult for them to understand that Louisa May Alcott or Joe in the novel was not somebody who cared that much about the conventionally good-looking guys. The entire promotion of the 2019 film was based on that. Laurie's creepy behavior towards Joe is constantly being erased in the adaptations and his storyline with Amy. In the books, the events that lead into burning Joe's manuscript begin much before any theater tickets. I will read you an article from the blog Contagious Grace. I will put a link to the sources if you want to leave her a comment. Quote, I just saw where someone said that Amy deserved to die in the eyes because burning Joe's manuscript was basically the same as killing Joe. And I call that bull. First off, the moment we start pricing the created thing over creation, people, whether that's in our literature or in real life, then I believe we miss the point of art. So jot that down. Second, Bronson Algot, Louis's father, had this belief that people could be perfect, that you were born a blank state and with careful correction and guidance you could stay that way. His first daughter supported that theory. She was compliant and thoughtful and quiet and sweet, theory proven. Also, he thought, when Louisa came along, she was white and rebellious and utterly imperfect. From the start, shattering his theory, he adjusted. He came to believe that if you just work hard enough and diligently enough, you can perfect yourself. This was the kind of moral philosophy Louisa grew up with. Personally, I see it as insufficient and utterly imperfect, but it has some merits, truths wrapped up in it. The primary one being that, one, people can change for the better. The start of Little Woman, the book includes mommy gifting each of her daughters with a copy of Bill Cream's process an allegorical tale about all the obstacles and temptations and struggles that a man passes through in life in the pursuit of God. And mommy challenges her girls to pick up their burdens and embark on their own journeys. Each of them have different sins and struggles that are their burdens. For Jo, that is her pride and temper. For Amy, it's her pride and envy. In this situation, Amy burning the manuscript and Joe letting Amy fall through the ice. Both of their greatest sins are on full display, and both see the very real potential consequences of their sins. Amy doesn't lose her sister's love because she falls through the ice, and Joe gets a chance to realize that her anger and unwillingness to forgive could have caused not just her relationship with her sister, but her sister altogether. They literally and figuratively survive it all. They get grace, and in that grace they grow. Consequences of bad choices have to be experienced, seen in some way to generate growth. This is true both in life and in storytelling. And in this way, Alcott illustrates the two ideas at the core of her thesis. People can grow and be better, but they can only become the best versions of themselves. The ideal woman is not just a quiet woman who stays home and cares for her children, and sews her family's clothes. Nor is the ideal woman a writer who supports her family through her talent. Nor is she a great artist. She can be all of those things or none of those things. She must simply be good while being herself. 
To divorce yourself from yourself is to divorce yourself from who you were made to be. Meg's personality and dreams are Meg's personality and dreams for a reason. So trying to live Meg's life wouldn't have made her a better person. And so on and so on with each sister, just as little Louisa could not be little Anna. All four women grow to become the people they were meant to be, and while doing that, they also become better morally. Joe's stubbornness and anger and pride transforms her into a determined, loving and sacrificial woman who has honed her talents for the good of others as much as, if not more than herself. Amy's envy and pride and obsession with appearance transforms into humility and integrity and loving the people around her in a way that makes them more beautiful versions of themselves. This is long-winded and probably making less and less sense, so I will end with point three. Don't come for Amy, she is my girl. In the little woman group that I am part of, there was a discussion on the portrayal of this scene in the 2019 film. I'll read you that as well. And this is from Forbes Romanov. Rewatching Little Woman and I am annoyed at Joe March. Was Amy burning her journal a shitty thing to do? Yes, it was. And as a writer myself, I am not excusing it. If someone destroyed all my writings, I'd be very mad too. Would I physically attack them over it? Though, no, I would not. Joe is also annoying me when they neglect to inform Amy that Beth is sick. Joe says, Amy has always had a talent for getting out of the hard things in life. Sorry, what? Amy gets attacked by you. Amy gets hit by her teacher. Amy has to be without her father. Amy gets sent away from her family when Beth is first sick. Amy nearly drowns. Amy deals with her family, neglecting to inform her that her sister is sick. How is that Amy getting out of the hard things in life? How is it Amy's fault? for not being told that her sister is sick. Not to mention, Amy also had to miss her sister's funeral because no one had informed or prepared her beforehand that Beth was sick. Also, Joe saw Amy coming to the ice skate with her and Laurie and neglected to warn her about the very thing that led her to nearly drown. We saw Laurie warn Joe. This was answered by my friend Christina who runs the best little woman blog in the world which is under the umbrella in Tumble. In regards to Joe attacking Amy, Joe was notorious for having a terrible temper and the event on the ice rink is what made Joe realize her mistake in overreacting and not controlling herself. The fact that her sister nearly died because of her made Joe want to become a better person and learn how to better communicate with people. This is probably why it felt like Joe was such a terrible person throughout the movie because the lesson didn't stick. The way Joe treated Amy after the ice skating incident was one of my biggest complaints with the movie. Nowhere in the book did Joe continue to harbor harsh feelings towards Amy or ever felt that Amy got out of things. If anything, Joe was more disappointed in herself for not being what Aunt Marge wanted in a companion, was happy for Amy and Laurie being married because she knew they were perfect for each other. It constantly felt as though Gerwig was pitting Joe and Amy against each other for no other reason than to make you want to like Joe more, but the characterization of Joe in the movie is just god-awful. I am not sure what Gerwig was trying to achieve with adding unnecessary conflict between these two instead of showing their character growth within themselves 
an interrelationship with each other. I have heard a couple people saying that Louisa somehow made 180 degree turn with Amy's character when she started to write Little Woman Part 2. I disagree with this because in the first part of the novel, Jo's flaws are very much out there and her temper is very much out there. In part two, when sisters actually start to get more close with one another, this is a natural part of life and also something that happens. Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Happened in reality. Louis and May did grow closer as they matured and they started to understand each other uh, better. Amy's behavior as a child was childish because she was a child. Joe's behavior is also childish because she is constantly making fun of Amy because she is so girly and Amy makes fun of Joe because she is so boyish. Only a dish which shows arguments from both sides and not just Amy making fun of Joe, is the modern Little Woman adaptation from 2018. All Joe's moral lessons have to do with her temper, but also the fact that Joe can be very judgmental. All Amy's lessons are about her vanity and popularity. In the beginning, Amy's desire to become a lady is a way for her to get out of poverty, but as she grows, it becomes a tool for self-improvement, and thanks to that, Amy begins to control her temper beautifully. In an interview, Gillian Armstrong, who directed the 1994 film, said that there should always be two actresses to play Amy. There are over 20 adaptations of Little Woman and only two versions where child Amy has been played by a child actress. In most Little Woman adaptations, 12-year-old Amy has been played by an adult woman. For some time now there has been a theory going on that Amy did have a crush on Laurie already as a child. I tried to read the book this way and I think it does work. It is an interpretation, but it does give a deeper context. Why did Amy burn Joe's manuscript? Because a 12-year-old does not necessarily know how to handle their feelings in a mature way, especially if they have a crush to their big sister's best friend. The 1994 film does have a sweet scene with young Amy and Laurie in the carriage together and a promise of a kiss. I have heard some people complaining that Amy's and Laurie's relationship is creepy in the 1994 film. Maybe this comes from the people who remember Laurie transitioning from a teen to an adult in the film. But Christian Bell was 19 when he played Laurie. 2019 film, on the other hand, has been criticized that Timothy Chalamet does not go through the transition, so he never looks as an adult in the movie. And if I remember right, he was 24 during the filming. 2018 and the 2019 films go with this idea that Amy already had a crush on Laurie as a child. 
Kirsten Dunst has later revealed that when she played Amy in the 1994 film, she had a big crush on Christian Bale. Art imitates life. Amy has been given a stamp of a social climber, but she isn't one. And for some reason that I don't understand, this scene from A Little Woman book is not in the adaptations. I may be mercenary, but I hate poverty and don't mean to bear it a minute longer than I can help. One of us must marry well. Meg didn't, Joe won't, Beth can't yet, so I shall, and make everything okay all around. So the reason why Amy wants to marry Rich is so she can take care of her family. Amy grows up in an environment where there isn't a great deal of options for women. She believes that marrying well, she could uplift her family away from poverty, even if it would mean that she herself would not be the happiest person. So in the first book is a walking contradiction. She wants to be equal to men, which is what gender equality and feminism is all about. She is also constantly making fun of her feminine sisters, which is inherently anti-feminist. She makes fun of Meg because she wants to fit into the circles of Sally Moffat and other young ladies. She constantly mocks Amy when she uses fancy words and her desire to become a lady. Great deal of hatred that Amy receives has been caused by the fact that Amy likes to be a girl. It is hate towards the feminine. Her movie and TV portrayals are rarely flattering. In the 1933 film and in the 1949 film, Amy is first introduced standing in the middle of the classroom holding a sign which says, I should be ashamed of myself. In the book, Amy is introduced together with her sisters before Christmas when father is at the war. Introduction is sweet and does not make a mockery of her or anyone else. Joe and Amy are perfect mirrors of each other. Many ideas about the masculine that Joe used to cherish and admire were quite harmful. Amy's early ideas about the feminine were not very realistic either. She connected femininity to very shallow things like being popular and the shape of her nose. Amy's desire to become a lady was never fully supported in her immediate family, and Joe especially was making fun of it. When Beth became ill and Amy went to live with Aunt Marge, Aunt gave her the structure to become what she wanted. When Amy starts to approach becoming a lady in the terms of self-improvement, largely thanks to Esther and Aunt Marge, in the process, she learns to control her temper and becomes a kinder person. Because Amy's femininity has been so heavily demonized, we never see her growth process in any adaptations. Take Little Woman 2019. We see Amy taking Laurie's advice, but we do not see Laurie's whole growth process being positively influenced by Amy and encouraging him to actually becoming a productive member of society and go to work for his grandfather, which is what happens in the novel. In the chapter calls, Amy and Chov go for a series of social calls, which were part of women's role of the time. Cho despises these calls like she despises most of the female labor of the time. Cho tries to avoid speaking with the ladies, and more than once, she runs out to play with the boys. Amy loves Joe, but she is hurt because Joe is making fun of something that is important to her. Joe doesn't take any of these calls seriously, and her own insecurities also bring out her temper. 
When they go to visit Aunt March and Aunt Carol, Jo dismisses them and puts herself above them. At the same time, Aunt Carol is wondering which girl gets to go to Europe and Amy makes a better impression. Calls has never been adapted into movies, probably because it shows Jo in a bad light. Yet it would be important to adapt it because it does not only show how much Amy has matured, but also how the conversations between Jo and Amy are more respectful, even if they would disagree. The 1994 film does not have any scenes from the calls, and the viewer doesn't get any explanation why Jo was not chosen. 1994 film also frames it to happen right after Joe has rejected Laurie's proposal, which in the book happens much later on. In the novel, Joe is very mad and jealous to Amy when she hears that she has not been chosen. She is way more mad at herself, but she doesn't want to admit it. This also parallels Joe's and Laurie's tempers because neither one of them like to admit if their own actions hurt other people and rather put the blame on someone else. In the 2019 film. We once again do not see Jo putting herself above the ass and losing the trip to Europe. Instead, we only see Meryl Streep telling Jo that she is not coming. Film also tries to pinpoint Jo's and Aunt March's similarities by pointing out Aunt March as a happy spinster who only cares about money, when in the novel Aunt March is a widow and sad and unhappy because she had lost her child and her husband, who she dearly loved. In the book, Amy feels terrible for getting something that Joe so badly wanted, and Joe did not want to show her her own disappointment, but to be supportive, which is a proof of sisterly love. Amy matured a great deal when she was in Europe. She became more graceful and more serious. Amy also loved Aunt March more than anyone else in the family, and truly enjoyed the company of her aunt. There are lots of things I could say about Joe losing her trip to Europe and people blaming that on Amy. Once again, that entire narrative is entirely constructed by the filmmakers. Amy's portrayal was better in Greta Gerwig's film, but even that one has received lots of criticism for portraying young Amy as an immature brat, because an adult woman should not play a twelve-year-old. In an earlier script of Greta Gerwig's film, after Joe found out about Amy's and Laurie's engagement, she wanted to punch Amy. This diverges too much from the novel. Even when the writers say they want to do a good job with Laurie and Amy, they can't seem to escape their Joe and Laurie obsession. Book Joe never likes Laurie romantically. This triangle is repeated in all adaptations because we don't see Laurie's character arc. We fail to understand why Joe rejects him. In the 2017 series, Joe became really cross when she found out about Amy's and Laurie's engagement. The 2018 film is probably the only one that shows that Laurie is clearly more of a brother to Joe, and yet there is a scene where Joe says to Beth that Amy stole Laurie from her. None of this is in the novel. The whole reason why Joe traveled to New York was because Laurie was harassing her, and she was actually scared to spend time with him alone. In the novel, even before Joe finds out that Amy and Laurie were engaged, she says to Mommy that she thinks Amy and Laurie would be a good couple. Why this has not been adapted? Louisa partially based Laurie's character to her Polish friend Ladislas Wisniewski. They met in Switzerland in 1865 when Louisa was working there, and Ladislas was quite flirtatious with Louisa, so he was 21 at the time and Louisa was about 32. A year later. May Alcott lived in Paris at the same time with Ladislas. This has made many Alcott schools believe that 
there was some sort of rivalry between the sisters about this young man, but the letters between Louisa and May show that they both became quite tired with him. They call him boring and say that he does not take his life or work very seriously. Julian Harton was the next door neighbor of the Alcotts. It seems that he had a crush on May, but May was six years older than Julian, so she probably did not feel the same about him. After the publication of Little Woman, Julian apparently spread a rumor that he had been the model for Laurie. However, this is not something that Louis ever confirmed. Julian was not very interested in school or work, and he came from a rather comfortable family setting, like Laurie, and may have tried to encourage him to study and make his family proud. Alf Whitman was one of the real-life Laurie's as well, and friend of the Algot sisters. Alf was five years younger than Louisa, but only two years younger than May. Alf and May were very close, and when May moved to Europe, they continued writing letters to one another. But when Alf was younger, and the sisters connected with him through their theater hobby, young Alf was drifting and quite lost with his future plans, and both May and Louisa tried to encourage him to study and become more productive, which is also something that happens in Little Woman. And Alf being Laurie's model is something that Louisa has confirmed. In the novel, Laurie is not a prize that the two sisters are fighting over. In the novel, both Amy and Joe are frustrated that he is wasting his life away. He only goes to school to please his grandfather, and he does not want to work. There is literally a chapter in the novel called Lazy Lawrence. Both Amy and Joe are working class girls, and Laurie is rich. And in the novel, there are scenes where he says that he does not understand why Jo wants to write and why it is so important for her to make her own money. No matter how hard Jo tries, she can't get through Laurie, probably because Jo's relationship to Laurie was very maternal. Jo wanted to go to university, and Laurie took his education for granted. All the real-life people who were models for Friedrich's character were one way or another connected to education or the academic world and literature. Louisa herself was an advocate for female education, and in her journals from the time when Louisa was in her 20s, she wrote about her future wishes of starting a school and possibly running that together with Henry Thoreau. Then we have all these real-life lorries who I believe were smart young men, but for some reason were not interested working or studying. Some of them, like Alf, did decide to be a useful member of society and made the sisters proud. In the novel, Larry is not stupid. It is mentioned that he graduates with honors in Latin and Amy is especially proud of him, but he is lazy. Do you think Joe would despise me as you do? Yes, if she saw you now. She hates lazy people. Why don't you do something splendid and make her love you? I did my best, but it was no use. Graduating well, you mean. That was no more than you ought to have done, for your grandfather's sake. It would have been shameful to fail after spending so much time and money when everyone knew you could do well. This scene reveals that Laurie did not go to university for the sake of studying. Book also describes how in the university Laurie is a party boy and he flirts and gets into troubles. In Little Woman, even though Amy is four years younger than Laurie, she is a lot more mature than he is, and it is only thanks to Amy Laurie puts his act together.
the 2019 film includes Laurie saying Amy that she should not marry Fred for the sake of money, but the film does not show Laurie doing any work for Amy. Laurie doesn't have any kind of growth process in the movie. In one of her interviews, Greta Gerwig said that Laurie wants Joe to step into the world of adulthood. What is the book that she has read? Laurie in the book is the one character who does not want to grow, and the only reason he wants to marry Joe is that he wouldn't need to take any responsibility on his life. This is what Laurie says in the book, after he has fully internalized everything that Amy has said to him. She is right. Talent isn't genius, and you can t- make it so. That music has taken the vanity out of me, as Rome take it out of her, and I won't be a humbug any longer. Now, what shall I do? Some readers have struggled reading the part two because it portrays Joe in slightly less favorable light than in the part one. Joe has a heavy masculine trajectory. In part one, she and Laurie are brothers. Joe wishes that she could be a soldier and fight in the war like her father. If a reader reads too much to Joe, they see Amy as an annoying little sister because that's how Joe sees her. In part two, it is now Joe who struggles to fit into the surrounding society. Amy, who has more feminine trajectory, is better accepted to the conquered society. When Joe was still living at home, it was okay for her to behave like a boy, and family didn't see too much harm in it. But when she grows, this old model of masculinity does not suit her any longer, and neither she wants to conform to the traditional female role. When Laurie proposes to Joe, he expects her to give up writing and become a socialite, and be something that she wasn't. This is why Friedrich's character is important, because he does not ask or want Joe to conform. Because Joe looks very different and more masculine than other women, she felt she could not find anyone to love. If I quote my podcaster pal Emily, Little Woman as a book was also written to offer hope to those who feel that they are never going to find love or are not worth of loving. Amy sees the value of the feminine work, good societal status, and all the wonderful things that prosper when you know how to make the best of it. Losing the trip to Europe became the first step in the terms of Joe's feminist awakening. Joe realizes that her temper is out of control and the ideas of masculinity that she has been admiring are not working. In the first part of the novel, Joe had difficulties to identify with Meg's pain when Laurie forged letters in the name of his tutor. In the beginning of the second book, when Joe becomes the target of Laurie's unwanted attention, it is now that she begins to understand what it feels like when someone does not respect your boundaries. This is repeated in the fourth book, Joe's Boys, when Joe is in her fifties and on a full feminist mode. She's caught some of the young male students who treat girls like objects. In Joe's Boys, the character of Nan and Tommy Banks also echo Joe and Laurie. Nan studies to become a doctor and Tommy is studying medicine, but he isn't that interested from it. He has ulterior motives. Joe is really annoyed by Tommy's behavior. So when Tommy unexpectedly falls in love with someone completely different, Joe is very pleased and Nan is also relieved. From Amy, Joe learns to value the feminine labor and not to underestimate women. Taking care of Beth brings out the nurturing side of her, and it also makes her to examine her own life in a new light, and losing Beth beautifies the domestic tasks. From Meg, 
Cho learns that equally respectful relationship can be worth of pursuing. Cho struggles to fit into the traditional feminine role. Friedrich does not fit into the traditional masculine role, but he doesn't struggle with it. He is comfortable of being who he is. His intellectualism and philosophical background complements Cho's feminist views. Amy's desire to improve herself already exists in the first novel. When she doesn't want to wear the ring Aunt Marge has given to her, and when Marmy asks why, Amy says it is going to be a reminder for her not to be too selfish. What is also interesting is that in the first part of Little Woman, Laurie puts himself above Meg and Joe, but he does not put himself above Amy. For example, when Amy is writing her will, Laurie does not dismiss or scoff her, but instead is very supportive and sweet to her. The problem with Hollywood turning Laurie into the perfect boy next door is that in the minds of many that turns him into an award for the sisters to fight over, when that is not part of the book's narrative. Amy is also a feminist, but it is not straight-to-your-face feminism to which Joe's feminism eventually develops. For example, Amy plans to open a charity that would help women to break into the male-dominated art market. Both Amy and Joe were raised in the same politically aware home and both were encouraged to think outside the box. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and make good choices. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.